And you're tuned to WJFF Jeffersonville and W233AH Monticello. Coming up next, Trailer Talk with Sabrina Artel. Stay tuned. This is Donna Fillenberg, host of Catskill Character, and this week my guest is painter and community activist Juan Espino. Juan shares stories about the Monarch Butterfly Sanctuary, located in his home state of Michoacan, Mexico, his passion for art, and art naive. Tune in this Saturday at 11.30 to find out more about Juan, right here on WJFF. Welcome to Sabrina Artel's Trailer Talk. I'll bring you all kinds of stories from all kinds of people. Whether it's a live public conversation and we're speaking from the kitchen table of my 1965 Beeline travel trailer, from the studios or on the streets, please sit back and enjoy the conversation right here this time every week. Stay tuned for a classic edition of Trailer Talk from the archives. I would say that never give up. Never give up on your child. It's August 1st. 2017. I'm here in Calico, New York, where the Kingfisher Project is participating in the second annual Sullivan County Night Out program. It's part of a national initiative meant to strengthen community bonds with law enforcement. As the initiative's homepage reads, drug abuse isn't someone else's problem. It's not another family's tragedy. The Kingfisher Project looks to destigmatize addiction by placing it in a firmly humanistic narrative context. The project began as a mode of honoring the life and tragic passing of Rebecca Pizal, a 20-year-old woman whose heroin-related murder spurred the formation of this truly special organization that pledges to honor the lives of everyone affected by heroin, opiates, or other substance abuse. We'll be speaking to people here at the Delaware Youth Center in Calicoon, New York, tonight. The event begins at 5.30. Well, welcome. This is a collaboration with the Kingfisher Project. You are one of the founders. You are really one of the reasons for the Kingfisher Project. My name is Julie Pizal, and the Kingfisher is actually in memory of my daughter, Rebecca Pizal, who went to Sullivan West School. And um, a week before her birthday, she, she was addicted to drugs, um, and it was affecting our entire family. And she woke up one morning, and she was sick. She, so she walked across the street, and, and um, gave my brother $60, who apparently was her drug dealer, and the bags were empty. She said, I want my money back, and he said no, and he took out his gun and shot her in the head and killed her. And, um, and actually, it's a long story with my parents, but my parents had just pulled into the driveway of the house my brother was in. And then my brother called 911, and my father found Rebecca on the floor. So um, that was a whole story in itself. Horrible. And that was a week before her 21st birthday and a week before my son's high school graduation. So um, at her memorials, when, when actually when I was getting sympathy cards and things, her t one of her teachers, her high school teacher, Mr. O, um, had saved her philosophy of life. Every student writes a philosophy of life, and he remembered hers. And so he sent it to me, and it was about an injured kingfisher bird that she had saved. When everybody else gave up and the bird was being bullied, 
well, throw, had rocks thrown at it. In a way, I think she might have thought that was about herself because in school she was bullied. And so the, the poor bird, she insisted that it be rescued. Even every, I said, just give up on the bird, but she did not give up on this bird. And so it ended up, it took us about six or eight calls to a rehab, and we found a rehab facility for it, and the bird actually went there and was released into the wilderness. And so that story Mr. O sent to me. When he sent it, I said, would you read that at her memorial service? And so he did, and Kevin and Barbara were there, and Barbara, being very ingenious, said that would make a great radio show. So right before Christmas in 2014, we met at Barbara's house, Barbara and Kevin and I, and Mr. O. And this is Barbara... Graf and, and Kevin, Kevin Graf, right, and we met them, and um, we sat around their table and said, oh, we might have one show. So we had our first show in January of 2015, and after the first show, there was such an outcry of people wanted to hear more, and so we decided we'd have a weekly radio show. I just wanted to do something to, nobody else wants to bury their child, and to reduce the stigma and let people know mm. that's out there, and if you need help, especially family members, get help before it is too late. And we just had our, like, 130th show, maybe. And we're on every Monday night at 8 o'clock. Incredible. So from your own heartbreak, from your own Correct, pain, yeah. out of your own grief, right? Uh, you created, along, as you said, with Mr. O mm -hmm. and Barbara oh. and Kevin Graff, the Kingfisher Project. So what is it for you, you're saying, for you, out of your own loss and out of this, right. this horrible way that your daughter died and mm -hmm. of course there was struggle before Correct. that right, with right. her own yeah. uh addiction hi hi <laughs> hi yeah welcome you're welcome to look check it out i think that's quite courageous oh thank you you're welcome to to take that step and to to um with your own loss to want to raise awareness and prevent another family member from, from losing a tragedy child, from a tragedy yeah. and you're talking about stigma so here we are we're in this very bucolic setting the delaware river is behind us we're at the delaware youth center in calico new york it's the western catskills you know it's this rural place filled with farmland also of course it is a county that has challenges mm -hmm. that is the second poorest that is the right. second unhealthiest right, right. in all of new york state so share with us what are some of these issues? What did you face yourself when you're talking about the challenges with your own daughter and the stigma? Well, some of the challenges that we faced, denial. We, we didn't know what to do with Rebecca. We had, we had no idea. My husband thought, well, maybe she has a mental problem, maybe. And my parents just wanted to ignore it. And I said, you know, she needs to go to jail because she was doing things that I never would have thought she was doing. She was stealing from them. And she never stole from me because she knew I would have had her arrested. But they said, we can't. She's our granddaughter. What will the neighbors think? So there was this whole big stigma about it. And we, nobody knew what to do. So I feel if parents educate themselves maybe and speak out and maybe th their neighbor might have the same problem or maybe go to a counselor to, to seek help. And they would be very surprised at all, all the help that they could get and they could learn how to handle a situation like that. So what are some uh, of the issues that are being faced here in Sullivan County around drug abuse? Well, through the whole country, well, there's bullying, and then there's um, people go to the doctor, maybe anybody goes to the doctor, and they give them a prescription, and then they, they get addicted to the prescription, and then that's one of the problems, too. And either the doctor takes them off the prescription, and then they go to heroin is cheaper than the prescription. That's another problem. 
you know, having no money, having people being homeless. There's all kinds of issues that we we're finding out. That you're finding yeah, out locally. Locally, yes, locally, yes. And what are some of the resources that you've been that you've discovered and that you've been able to share around this issue? Well, well, we have Catholic charities in this county, and then there's a Dynamite Youth Center. And then we found out, uh, so, well, now there's more and more resources, even over the past year. There's the Family Navigator, which I think that's Orange, Ulster, and Sullivan they got a grant for. And they have 24, it's like a 24-hour hotline that you, for families to call. And then they just put up a billboard in uh, somewhere around Route 42 in Fallsburg, a hotline that you can call if you're having trouble, if you're having addiction problems, and somebody will answer that 24-7. So there's things like that that are popping up in the county that are coming. It wasn't even two years ago. We didn't have a lot of these services that are coming about. As you continue with the Kingfisher Project and deal with your own uh, grief over the death of your daughter who inspired this project, what are you finding is needed? Education. Parents and need to educate themselves and even children. Even children, I mean, as little as maybe like kindergarten, if they're walking in the, say this youth center is beautiful, and if they're walking here and they might see something on the ground that could be like the fentanyl comes in band, it looks like a Band-Aid, and if they pick that up, that's transdermal, so if a little child picks that up, it could go right into their skin and kill them, cause them harm. So even as little as that, it, maybe parents could teach them, don't pick up the, anything you see on the ground because it might not be good for you. And um, also if parents educate themselves to know the signs and symptoms if your child is having a problem. We definitely need more resources in this county. and More resources, more resources for, for rehab. We need rehab facilities. Definitely re more rehab facilities for people to go to, yes. I'm sure there are things that I'm not thinking to ask you, and I'm just wondering whether it's Barbara out there at the table, yeah. one of the uh, co-founders of the mm -hmm. Kingfisher Project, or somebody else. Like, what do we want to know about drug issues locally, addiction problems, things like that? Since even the past two or three years, the problem seems to be getting worse instead of better. Is it all ages, I think it's all, all kinds I think of it's people? It's all ages, all kinds of people, because we've heard of like um, mothers who are drug addicts and they, they breastfeed their babies, and then the babies, the, there was one baby, unfortunately, that died because the mother was, you know, breastfeeding it, and the baby went into cardiac arrest because she was addicted. And so it's, it's, and it's all ages, senior citizens as well. I mean, they take medication and then they could overdose on it. They don't remember they took it, or, you know, they get addicted to it as well. And why do you think it's such a nationwide epidemic? And it seems in particular these rural communities. Right, right. I think until recently, the, the doctors used to push medication on people. And then they'd say on a scale of 1 to 10, what's your pain scale? People would say 10, and then they keep going back and going back and getting more prescriptions. And the doctors, they were making money. That's one of the problems, too, I think. But now they have, um, like, the eye stop. Well, I, I believe Pennsylvania has that. Well, you can't go doctor shopping. Like, they put you in a database, and if you went to one doctor, you got one prescription, you can't go to another one, and they'll know that, and they'll stop you. That's good. So things like that are popping up. But And did the Kingfisher Project start to raise awareness around heroin addiction? And I, then it, I think it was, yeah, basically, I think, yeah, heroin addiction. But then it became broader because other people have problems, and a lot of times people start with prescription drugs and then go to heroin. 
And so you're finding that there's a connection. There's a connection, yeah, even with, yes. Somebody listening, they may not know a lot about the issue or that we're really facing these mm -hmm. drug issues in the, in county, the county, but we're not alone, that right, this is really happening alone, right. in all right. kinds of towns, of towns and, all and kinds cities. Of right, and it doesn't matter if you're rich or if you're poor or where you are, it's happening everywhere. And so my suggestion would be, for, especially for, for uh, parents, to educate themselves. Through the education, also you're, of course, that's, that's so critical, but then also resources. Right, you need resources. That have to do with counseling, right, counseling rehabilitation. Right, right. Hi. Rehabilitation. Right, right. Are you seeing a deficit locally? Because I know the Kingfisher Project you're dealing in Sullivan, but also parts of Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania right? You're doing correct, outreach. Right. And, and fortunately, I, because I, I'm on the Wayne County Human Prevention Task Force board over there, and Pennsylvania seems to be, believe it or not, worse than Sullivan County. I'm not sure why that is. Maybe it's because Philadelphia is so close over there. I have no idea, but they, they seem to lose more people a year than we do. This night out event where we are right now is hosted by the task force. Correct. And the Sullivan, it's, it's the Sullivan Community Task Force from the Sullivan West School. And so what are you finding in terms of your relationships with law enforcement around these issues? Are you working with them? How does, what are those relationships? Um, we had the resource officer from Sullivan West on, on the Kingfisher. And I think it depends on the law enforcement people. I mean, some of them are very up to beat, and some of them are not. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We find that some of them still have, and, and that's not just with law enforcement. A lot of people have this stigma. They, you know, even when saving them with Narcan, they don't want to save them, or for whatever reason. I mean, there's a whole big thing with that as well. So it's Ooh, that's kind of a sad situation. That's horrible. Yeah. That's but not everybody's that way, but we're right. finding some people are that way. Education within law enforcement, within law enforcement is very important. And, and EM, even the EMTs and the, yes, sheriffs, EMTs, everyone. And so at this point, with your project and, and with your own process of grieving the loss of your daughter, where do you find yourself right now in terms of what you feel, like how you want to move, the direction that you feel is needed around these um, issues? But as far as moving forward, I mean, I would hope that we just had our 130th show. I'd hope we go to like 200 shows, and I hope that I would hope that we could interview more people, and hopefully that the county would get more resources and more people we could bring in to talk to and get more people help. We would know where to, because a lot of times people will contact us, where do we go, what do we do? Mm -hmm. So I would hope that we would have more resources to say, oh, this is what you can do, or this is where to go. And as a mother, and thinking of the daughter that you lost, yeah, yeah. is there something that, as you carry her spirit with uh -huh, you, right. any kind of message for us, or for her, I would or say, for kids I, like her? I would say that never give up. Never give up on your child, because just like in the... If, if you read the essay of the Kingfisher, which is on our website, you can read the essay. She never gave up on that bird. So I would say never give up. What an important message. And what a, what a gift she shared with us that, Thank you. that even continues. Is there anything else? Just if you have someone struggling with addiction, get them help and get yourselves help to the family members. And never, ever give up. Never, Thank ever you. give up. Give up. Never, ever give up. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Hi. Please introduce yourself. I'm Nancy Ferrens. I'm the school social worker at Selvin West. I've been there for about 24 years. Thank you for joining us. Nancy, so where do you want to begin? Because we're here at the night out. It's national. 
event. It's mm-hmm. the second year that this has happened here in Sullivan County, New York. We're at the Delaware Youth Center in Calico, New York. So what is this event about? And if you can share with us, what kind of outreach are you providing? What kind of awareness is needed? What is this about? We formed the task force two years ago because we were just losing an alarming number of students to drugs and we're just losing them. And so we need to do something to bring the community together to raise awareness, to help parents be aware, and to really support our kids better. When you say you were losing them, Mm -hmm. in what way? We have several students that have died of overdoses and from drug-related incidents. And we have others that have dropped out on occasion because I think that once they start using it, just that that becomes one of the most important things in their life. They're not able to stop without huge amounts of support. And so we really have lost some really wonderful students. From your experience, how does this begin as as you watch this happen and you watch a student spiral out and become addicted it's really insidious and it's been really it's just just been hard to predict you know it used to be or we used to think that there was a profile perhaps of kids who were at risk of using and so then you could sort of direct your efforts and i'm just not finding that anymore i think it's across the board i think it's so incredibly scary and every single one of our youth is at risk of using and and why do you think that is I think a lot of it is just availability. I think there's more availability. I think that, I'm certainly not an expert in it, but I think that the cost, I think it's easier for kids to get things and to use things, and it's relatively cheap, so that. And also I just find that some of our youth today, maybe because of social media that is supposed to connect us, I find them to be a little bit more disconnected. You know, you don't really have to talk to real people. You don't have to have real conversations in which people can support you. So that's alarming to me, which is why I love this event. So as you're talking about having lost students, students who have died because of drugs or dropped out or disengaged, and that it's it's such a problem in Sullivan County where we are, what are you seeing some of the solutions to this to break that cycle? I think it's easy to be caught up in, in, oh, you know, it's so powerful and we can't do much, but I don't think that that's true. I think that people coming together like we are tonight, like we do on the task force, there's many initiatives now in the county because we have to protect our families and our kids. So I think people coming together and being aware and prevention and letting our kids know what's out there. I think education and prevention are one of the best ways that we can help our our students. What is that education? What's it looking like right now in Sullivan County? And then what is that, the outreach? I mean, like, what is it looking like? Because in an... It seems that around drug-related incidences Mm -hmm. and addiction and death, that there's a lot of um, talking around an issue and not necessarily going right into it. I think that it's pretty direct these days. I know that in our school we have a a lot of initiatives now, people coming in, push-in services. We have uh, Lynn Barron comes from Catholic Charities and is running a program for 5th through 8th grade, and it's always expanding. It's a life skills program that teaches refusal skills and things, and it's amazing. So we're trying to really access all of our students on a more regular basis and catch them early. I think many years ago there was a huge push for prevention, and then it kind of fell by the wayside. And I think it's back because it, it has to be. Are you seeing this in schools happening? I mean, are people going to the local gas station or is it happening on the campus? Is it we're in a rural community? We are from just historically being in the county for a long time. It used to be that I think drugs and things are more accessible in the in the more populated areas like Liberty, Monticello, things like that. That's just not true anymore because kids are more connected on social media so they can find 
They can find people that are dealing or selling anywhere and access them easily. So I think it's, it's happening everywhere and our, our kids know wh where that is. So who is the task force? We didn't want it to just be the school because it cannot be from, it cannot be only one entity that is, is going to do this. It has to be the entire community. So that's why it's called a community task force. So it's the school, it's the uh, DA's office, it's, it's our community, the businesses in Calicoon. We have uh, members on there. So it's parents, it's students, we have many students on the task force, so it really is a community initiative and everyone is involved in it. I have to say it's not only for drug prevention, it's for general safety, safety and wellness of our kids. So we talk about you know driving safely, drinking, all of those prevention things to help our kids get right. through. Suicide be, prevention. Yeah, to be good and, and, and strong adults. I don't know if Barbara's outside the trailer right now. Is there anything that you would like to talk with Nancy about? I just want to open this up to Barbara as well. How are you? Hi. I don't know if you heard any of our conversation, but just if there's anything else to talk about, any information or questions or... Well, you know, this came up a little earlier this evening is sort of the state of things. Do you think it's getting better, worse, different? Well, definitely different, I think. I'm trying to think, in, as I've grown older in our county, um, I think that in the last few years, it's absolutely been worse. I do. I think that kids, I think that the, the drugs and things that kids were using like 20 years ago, I just am not sure, honestly, that they died from them. I don't recall losing students to drug overdoses at the time. There would be kids that would be using and, and we would be very concerned about them, but it was much easier for them to recover. Um, I mean, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not saying easy, but it was better odds of them being able to recover with those types of substances. So nowadays, I think it's worse. I think that, that kids are dying. So I think that's worse. How many students either, you know, went while they were high school students or later have you lost? Well, we have lost at least definitely four. I, I, def I think five, I, you know, which, which is a lot. Every, every single time you stand at a Every time you go to a wake of a, of a beautiful youth younger than you, who is so, these are wonderful kids who are vibrant, who are creative, who had possibilities, who had relationships, and you, we can't bear to lose one more. I was talking with a school professional um, not too long ago. This is a randomized weekly test of WJFF's emergency alert system. This is only a test. Or, or conditions? I think I have seen an increase, and I'm, I'm not sure if I would call them like disorders or conditions or just situationally. I think our kids are in, in worse shape. I think families are struggling. I think it's harder for kids to get support. They're more isolated in spite of all the all the access on social media and things. They still end up feeling really lonely because all those friends and all that, those are not real people that you can always sit down with and or spend an evening with. So I think our kids are coming up really short kind of isolated and a little bit, um, sometimes a lot of feelings of hopelessness and things, which I think is unusual for such a young population. Do the kids come and talk to you about those feelings, the hopelessness? They or? do. We, we try really to be very available in our, in our um, you know, student services suite or in guidance. So kids come pretty often and they refer friends and that's one of the benefits I think of our school being relatively small in that we, for the most part we, we know our kids and if they don't come and talk to us someone else will come and talk to us about them so we really are we're pleased about that and we try really hard to support them but it takes all of us 
no doubt, parents, community members, neighbors, um, business owners, you know, everyone I think should be watching our kids and being like, hey, how are you? You know, yeah. we think we value you. We think you're worthy. And, and you never know who's going to reach out a hand and, and when it might make a difference to that student. You know, the last time that we talked, I think we talked on the air, we were, it, it was about um, it was about the bullying component or the, maybe the role of bullying in, in some of the situations that kids are facing today. Mm -hmm. And um, Sabrina, you might not know this, it was one of Rebecca's friends made a YouTube video in which she was almost beautiful in a way that it was a confessional type of a um, account of that she had seen the bullying going on in school and she felt that if she had tried to stop it or, or tried more to stop it and the bullying was against her good friend that maybe Rebecca would not have a turn to drugs and might be with us today so so that's why we we decided I think it was about this time last year that was, we, went, we went on the air uh, to talk about bullying and it was just an advance of school reopening and I want I think about that from time to time I think about even adults bullying one another and and the and the bullying that goes on over the internet and what impact that has on on the students or on older people have you thought about that since we had that conversation. Well, I think about it often also because I work in the school and we're always trying to find out, you know, what's going on and, and how to better protect our kids. But I think, yes, I do think that with the Internet, and it's a wonderful tool, it's just that now if a student has a 1,000 friends or 800 friends, which is like average on Facebook, now 800 friends can kind of gang up on you. It's very different, I think, than, than really small groups. And, I, you know, I think there's a general sometimes lack of kindness in the world today, we, we seem to forget that you can get ahead and set goals and do all that stuff and be incredibly successful and still be kind. So I worry about that. It, it sometimes that our kids, you know, might get the wrong message. Yeah, yeah the kindness. Yeah, so it goes a long kindness, way. Kindness, kindness yeah. and face-to-face -face interaction, right? That it's Because you're mentioning a lack of that. So there's, you know, on social media, there's this feeling of having so many friends, mm -hmm. but they're not people that you can necessarily sit down with in real time and have a meal or go to a movie. Right. So I'm around you know, in your car. And it's important. It's modern. I think that certainly, you know, it has its merit, but I think that it does not substitute for real relationships, which is why the whole community piece is, is really so important. I don't know if you, you covered this topic earlier, but Nancy, how long have you been in that school? I know. I was just trying to think <laughs> that I came actually the year my daughter was born, so 24 years. 24 years. And I will say, I said it before and I'll say it again, that Nancy Ferris, not not every school social worker, is that your title? That is what I am, yeah. Uh, is, is as wonderful and warm and effective as Nancy Ferris. So on behalf of my own family, who she helped my kids through that school district, uh, I will say that once again to say um, it's a great advancement that schools have social workers. And we have more and more th these days. Yeah. There's a big initiative just nationally to hire more and to have mental health counselors and social workers and in the school. So we are we're really lucky like that. But we have good kids and excellent families, so it's kind of easy to Well, help. I I say to Nancy every time I say it, thank you. <laughs> oh, you're, you're welcome. That's awfully nice, but oh you've been goodness. great to work with. Well, thank you Nancy. Is there anything else you'd like to talk with us about. 
No, I just love to see everyone out. I like to see parents with their kids and enjoying themselves. It, it it helps to fill everyone up. And yeah, it's so it's fun. terrific to sit here and look right. I, we can see right out the trailer door here, which is open. We can see a big line of people at all these different booths and things. Right, and it's fantastic. Year, the second year for a national night here. And I think it's bigger and twice better than last year. Absolutely. I know. It's amazing. And out the back windows of the trailer, we have people at the skateboard park. Mamas there. and music and the canine dog is going right by our, oh, our window. Bring it's that just... canine dog. Hey, bring that dog. <laughs> the handler. Right. We'll, we'll invite bring him. Bring that dog we'll in. in. So be I my think, yeah. second canine dog. Oh, we need a canine right? dog back in the, the trailer. I do. And we had the <laughs> alpacas out front. So happy to have Sabrina here tonight with the Kingfisher yes. Project. Oh, it's yeah. so wonderful to be here with Kingfisher and just to be here and have these conversations and uh, beautiful summer night here yes. in the western Sullivan County Catskills. It's summer. <laughs> it's definitely, yes, it is definitely summer. summer. Summer in the Catskills. We are, yes, we are perspiring. <laughs> But anyway. good thing it's radio, folks. Thank That's you right. for being here. But thank you so much, Nancy. You're welcome. Yes. But wait, let's get some pictures. From the kitchen table, out on the road, I'm Sabrina Artell. If you have someone struggling with addiction, get them help and get yourselves help to the family members and never, ever give up. To find out more, please go to thekingfisherproject.com. Thanks for joining me for Sabrina Artell's Trailer Talk. The music for the show, Patti Smith, People Have the Power. Trailer Talk is produced by Sabrina Artell with assistant producer Babe Howard. For more information, please visit trailertalk.net. Special thanks to WJFF Radio Catskill and the numerous people who have donated their time, resources, and conversations to make Trailer Talk possible. Thank you all who joined me in these conversations. I'm Sabrina Artell. Safe travels. Looking to get rid of your old vehicle? Donate it to WJFF. The Car Talk Vehicle Donation Program takes care of it all. Tell them you want to donate your vehicle to WJFF. They will pick up your car, truck, or boat and convert it into a tax-deductible donation to your community radio station. The Car Talk Vehicle Donation Program. Drive on over to WJFFradio.org. Enjoy an old world coffee house in Budapest. We always say you're not paying for the coffee, you're paying for the venue, you're paying for the experience. Hear why Swiss neutrality doesn't always convince its critics. Switzerland is neutral when it profits Switzerland and it's not neutral when they can get any profit out of it. And look at challenges.